What up, what up, what up? You're now tuning in to another episode of the Intellectual Property Podcast. I am your host, Dallas Alexis. And today we got a special guest in the house, Miss Scylla Sini. What up? Thanks for having me. What up, Scylla? Hey, hey. Now, what I wanted to do, I kind of wanted to give you like a uh, like a very extravagant and very, uh, <laughs> uh, um, how should I say, elaborate. An elaborate. Uh, 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 introduction. I appreciate you. Thank but you. I think uh, <laughs> somebody like you, I think um, an introduction doesn't do justice, I think. Because you do so much, and you're multi-talented, multi-faceted. Like, Thank I think you're kind of you. like the modern-day uh, Renaissance woman. Thank you. So <laughs> I want to kind of jump right into it. I just want you to tell everybody who you are, sure, where you're from, mm-hmm. and then we'll get into who Scylla is and what Scylla got going on. Sure. So, yes, I'm Scylla. Um, I was born in Queens, New York, but I grew up in middle Georgia, uh, yes. So I am a Georgia girl. And then after uh, graduating from college and working a little bit in production in Atlanta, I came back to New York. So now I'm back. Gotcha. When you say middle Georgia, what part? What city? Warner Robins. Say that one more time. Warner Robins. Warner Robins. Warner Robins, Georgia. They've got like a really popular like little league. They won like the world like okay. little leagues championship okay. is 15 minutes from Macon, Georgia. Okay, so it's safe to say that is not the part of Georgia where they did snow on the bluff. No, that's not anywhere near College Park, Decatur. Absolutely not. And Probably about it. an hour 45. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, and cool. then I went to school at UGA. Gotcha. So that's like an hour from Atlanta. Okay, so born in Queens, mm-hmm. grew up in Warner Robins. Georgia. Correct. When did you come back to New York? I came back to New York in 2014. 2014. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'd visit on summers and see family and stuff like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about um your upbringing in, in, in Warner Robins because that, that, yeah. that sounds very interesting. This is yeah. the first time I've ever heard of that city of or Robins. that town. Yes. Let's talk about your, your upbringing a little bit. Yeah. Warner so Robins. Warner Robins is a small military town. In middle Georgia, uh, there's probably a church, maybe five churches on every street. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got like two Walmarts and two movie theaters. And I had a very vivid imagination growing up because I spent, it's it's like a small town. So I'd either be hanging out with friends or I'd watch a lot of TV, got a it. lot of TV. And I was like, I'm going to go to New York. That's what I told my mom ever since I was little. I was like, I'm going to go to New York. And I want to be an actress and I want to be a director. Ever since I was little, I always wanted to do that. Um, I was always involved in like drama club growing okay. up and things like that. But it wasn't until I came all the way back to New York that I really started going for what I really wanted to do. Okay. But yeah, definitely had a great, nice upbringing, but a really big imagination. Gotcha. Because there wasn't much to do in Water Robins. Gotcha. <laughs> and you know, and. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I asked you, like, to tell me a little bit about your upbringing there, because I'm sure Warner Robbins definitely contributed to your imagination and to you uh, becoming a creative. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about uh, the point where you said, you know what, this is what I want to do. This is um, what I have a passion for. Mm -hmm. And um, and what inspired you? Sure. So. I've just always been inspired by art, by creative things. I used to draw when I was little. Um, Let me see. Side note, you can cut this if you need to. But 
I used to really draw. So okay. like I watched Sailor Moon, anime, all the Disney movies. Like I was pretty like hardcore into it. Okay. So I'm going to show you a picture. So I drew Sailor Moon okay. when I was like six. And then I drew her again. This is when I was like six. You drew that when you were six? I drew this when I was six. Wow. And then I drew this in 2004. Maybe I was like 13. Wow. Did you ever color that in? I never colored it in. Wow. So I have like a little um, book when I was little and I would watch movies, cartoons. I'd draw Ariel, Pocahontas, mm-hmm. like everyone. So I was like, I love to draw. No, that's dope right there. Thank you. That's awesome right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, know. Yeah. I haven't really drawn lately, but I used to draw. I used to write comic books, little short stories just for fun. And mm-hmm. then um, after that, I went to college, which was okay. like a really great time for me. Um, really had a great time at UGA. And too much of a great time or just a little bit of a great time? Like an amazing time. Wow. Uh, okay. It was like the epitome of your college experience. Yeah. Because I, re- I actually wanted to go to NYU originally. Okay. Um, but the way everything fell into place, mm-hmm. I like missed a deadline to like take the SAT twos. Mm-hmm. So then I got into like seven different schools and UGA, when I went to that campus, I was like, it's stunning. It's beautiful. And UGA is actually the first public university of the country. There's yes. a lot of history there. Yes. They also have like the Peabody awards, really great um, journalism school, um, business school. They're really, really great. Mm-hmm. So while I was there, um, I majored in advertising, but I also took music business classes, film studies classes, and acting classes. Um, So I kind of had, you know, that advertising and marketing background, Mm -hmm. where which actually really has helped me now with my creative endeavors. But I also explored, you know, the artistic side of myself by taking those acting classes, those film classes, film studies classes. I did a lot of extra work in college as well like over the summers so Mm -hmm. i spent time on like vampire diaries and all the stuff that was filming like the first season i was in the background throwing frisbees i was there and it was fun um and then after college after i graduated i worked at bobcat films in atlanta georgia so um the president of that company is roger bob so i learned so much working there on the ricky smiley show that was definitely like a huge eye opener to actually filming on a real set with real professionals, Mm -hmm. seeing how quickly they could turn around episodes, seeing like the writers writing the scripts and updating it and being live on set, watching how the cast and crew worked. Mm -hmm. And that was a really, an amazing time for me to just learn actually on set. That's on TV one, right? On TV one. Okay. Mm -hmm. That was a great experience. I had a lot of fun. Let me ask you a question, Stella. Yeah. Um, at what point, like when you were a little girl, mm-hmm. w- growing up in Warner Robins, like what was that moment? What was that thing? What was the thing that you saw on TV or what was the thing that you read that made you go, yo, this is what I want to do? Mm-hmm. And once you find found out what that thing was, what was your process? Like what was the process of getting onto that road sure i feel like it's definitely rooted a lot in my family as well um my family loves entertainment loves film 
Uh, and they showed me a lot of the classic films at a young age. And I was obsessed with watching Disney and Nickelodeon. So I would be drawing the characters. So I think just having a family that loved the arts and loved television, mm -hmm. um, that's where it began. And I was just consuming a lot of television at the time. So I think gotcha. Disney really inspired me and Nickelodeon really inspired Got it. me. Got it. Um, and I was like, I want to be one of those kids. I want to be one of those actors. But my parents was like, no, you're going to school first. So then I went <laughs> to school. And then after, basically, I never forgot about it. You know, yeah. even performing on stages um, in different like high school plays, middle school plays. Like, I was always nervous to fully commit to it at a younger age because mm -hmm. I also, I was really good at school. Like, I graduated, I was like number three, like, top three in high school that's really good um i only made one b in my entire life i cried what? when i made a b i sure did i was like mm. you made top three right do you want like, me to tell you where i graduated in in in, in high school yes it wasn't top 10 i'm gonna tell you that okay top 10 <laughs> it was no oh 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 <laughs> you know what i'm saying so top three that's like I was like ready. That's incredible. I was like, like <laughs> I was always like really, really smart, like yeah. really good, really good at school. Like, yeah. um, so I was always battling between like, you know, doing responsible things yeah. and getting that job that everyone wanted you to have compared to, but this is what I always said that I wanted to do. Mm hmm. But if you're not putting that energy into what you really want to do, then how are you going to how are you going to accomplish that goal if you're not yeah. doing that? Yeah. So, yeah. At a young age, just being surrounded by an artsy family who gotcha. loved the arts and yeah. consuming a lot of television. I just loved it ever since I was little, like ever since I was like in kindergarten, or first grade. I was like, I want to be an actress. Okay. So I have this little um, I have like a scrapbook okay. since I've had from kindergarten it was from kindergarten to like college mm -hmm. and every year I would like put in like little trinkets and on the back of it I would write this is what I want to be when I grow up and I'd sign it and every year it'd always be like something artsy like I want to be an artist I want to be an actress mm -hmm. and I have that and so it's just like when I finally got older mm -hmm. and you know I went to school and I had those experiences and then finally leaving college and having real onset experience I was like, and some of my family members who worked in production, yeah. they were very encouraging and supportive as well because I could have completely went down a corporate corporate route okay. um, just out of college. But they were like, Silla, you need to be on set. You've yeah. always said you wanted to act and you want to produce and you want to do these things. So try this now. So Was your first uh, experience on set as a PA? Um, yeah, as a PA and an assistant to Roger Bob and yeah, working on set. Before we get into that, mm -hmm. uh, why didn't you major in um, like animation or, or theater? Not, no, not theater. I mean, because you had a, mm -hmm. um, a natural talent for drawing. Like the, the, yeah. I mean, like, why didn't you pursue that? I took two animation classes in college okay. and I animated a penguin and... <laughs> <laughs> It was super fun because I also like I love Pixar movies as well. Gotcha. Um, but acting and like directing mm -hmm. was more like what I wanted to do. But it took a while to kind of build that confidence as well. Yeah. Um, because I 
I was used to doing the right thing. Like, mm-hmm. I was always responsible and like making good grades. And, you know, it just took a, it took me taking a chance. I think that's what it was. Um, So yeah, like being on set was amazing. Being Mm -hmm. around real professionals from a day to day, working long hours and understanding this is the production process. That was a major eye opener. But the biggest thing that I realized was that a lot of the actors on set were not from Atlanta. Mm. They were from New York. Or LA. LA, yeah. So they had agents and management in those areas mm-hmm. and they would book the job and get the work in Atlanta. Yeah. So that was a big thing that I learned at like, how old was that? Maybe like 22. Okay. Maybe 22 or so that. Like last year. <laughs> not quite, <laughs> but <laughs> almost. Um, but that was a big thing that I learned. I was like, you know what? I need to be in New York or L.A. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of sometimes a lot of actors think you should go straight to Atlanta. There's yeah, a lot, I've, I've heard that. That's, there, that's, yeah. I, I grew up in Georgia. So my personal yeah. opinion, I feel like if you want to work in production, go to Atlanta and get on all the sets. But the actors, unless you're trying to just do extra work, mm-hmm. like the big roles to me are those actors are being flown down there and they're they're booking it in new york or la so after we finished um shooting that season Mm -hmm. the next year 2014 um i was like i'm going to new york i was like i'm going to new york because that's where i need to be that's where i think and i always loved new york yeah i was obsessed with and i'm from new york i was like y'all i want to go back to new york so guess what my first job was back in new york before you tell me what your first job was, tell uh-huh. me how you landed your first production job in Atlanta. Like, how did that happen? My family. So now, you know, I was, th- I was like, Scylla got that first job off of nepotism. But I was like, nah, you know, just... <laughs> But I was like, let me just ask. <laughs> no, but no. But you know what? You shouldn't feel bad because that's how the business works, right? My amazing family. That's my nepotism, amazing cousins. Scylla. But you shouldn't uh, be mad at that, though. Uh-huh. That's all good. You shouldn't be mad at that. I was I sad, like y'all. a like like an uncle or a brother that worked in the game. Listen, I want to have had to, you know, go through the Illuminati. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's a really, joke. that's a joke. <laughs> no, but I wish I had uh, <laughs> friends and family in the business before I uh, got in and, and like. Well, the you grind know, was crazy. Like the grind was crazy. Humble beginnings. Okay, yeah. I would run errands and do all the little stuff. PA, right? You were PA. Exactly. You did PA stuff. I did, you know. Yo, I'm not even mad at that, Stella. Thank you. Now we could fly from Warner Robins to New York. Let's talk about your first New York job. So after working on set in Atlanta, my first job in New York. Yeah. Guess where I was at? Was it a network or was it a production company? It was a network. What? I want to say MBT. What company was I obsessed with? When I was a child. Oh, Disney. I was at Disney. Disney. There's a Disney office in there. Yes. They have a corporate office. They have several. Of course. um, On Columbus, right? In Columbus, right? It's in the ABC Um, building? Yeah. Around Lincoln Center. Yeah, like I think, mm-hmm. I think it's right on Columbus. Right there, yeah, yeah, yeah. they've got like yeah. the like the words going across. Yes, there yeah, and in Times Square also, where they have the ABC and Good Morning America. Of course, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there. Get out of here! What were you doing? Do you know my childhood dreams? 
I was so excited. I love Disney. Okay, so um, I was an editorial trainee for a mommy blog called babble.com. <laughs> and I learned a lot um, when it came to like editing and writing okay. and like running like a digital online platform. Copy editing, right? Copy editing. Gotcha. And what's funny is I was sitting like here, like this is my desk. Mm-hmm. Guess what was to my left? Um, I want to say. Guess what was to my left? ABC, some, like a soap opera from ABC or something. ABC primetime casting was to my left. See? And I was like, See? wait. I know my stuff. They're casting for Scandal right over there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how do I get over there? Just walk over there. Yeah, just walk across over there. But I was nervous because it was my first like job in New York mm-hmm. at my favorite company. And I was like, I need to know how do I like speak to them? But um, it was an amazing experience working there just because I love the brand. And yes, everyone really is happy there. Um, and I was happy there. So <laughs> <laughs> it was a great time. And I eventually did meet someone over there. Um, and I connected with her. And we've stayed in touch over the years. And she... Um, We've stayed in touch over the years, and she actually brought me in for an audition for one Get of their out. showcases, which was really nice. How, didn't how make it go? It, I made it through the first round, but mm-hmm. I didn't make it after that. But I was grateful just to be in the room. I was super grateful. So after that experience, um, I ended up going into the advertising industry. But as I was working in advertising, I was working on my craft. So I was taking really awesome acting classes okay. at Terry Schreiber studio. I was, um, I got an actor's connection. I spent like a month, like just auditioning in front of casting directors and agents and managers. Um, within a year I got my first agent. I got my first manager within the first year. Okay. And then in another like year and a half, I got my first, um, agent, So I was actively auditioning and I was getting closer to and like building that confidence as an actor Um, just in the first year in 2014. And Mm -hmm. then by the end of 2014, in November, um, I got inspired to write situationships. I was going to ask you Mm -hmm. that. um, What came first? The the passion for acting and then writing? Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. What came first? Yeah. Um, I always um, I always wanted to be an actor. Okay. I always wanted to be an actor. I also always wanted to be a director. Um, I also produce and I also write. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I created the show was for my acting career. I just happened to also do other things. Cool. Well. Cool. Mm-hmm. So, so, guys, uh, Scylla is the writer, creator, producer, director, the the all end all be all of an awesome show called Situationships. Thank you. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yes. So in my first year in being in New York, um, I was like, 
I'm not afraid to create something um, for what I really want to do. I didn't know how I was going to do it. But I, of course, I, in college, I followed Black and Sexy TV. I followed Issa Rae. I was obsessed with all of their work. I was so inspired by them. Um, And at that time, there really wasn't much on the East Coast bubbling like on that level. Um, was black actress popping around that time? No, actually, actually, it, yes, it was right. It was so, and Andrea, and Andrea Lewis. Yeah, great show by the way. Fantastic, Fantastic show, and yeah. she was really nice because she let me use two of her songs in Situationships. So there. shout out to her, and black out black actress. Yeah, how'd you get? Was it a coincidence? So, um, did Verse Simmons have a song called Situationships? Verse, or, yeah. Or, or like, did he do it for your show? So. Because I love the song. Dope, I love that dope song. Dope ass song. It was perfect. So as soon as I got the idea of Situationships, which just came from really, it came from like really hilarious stories that mm-hmm. me and my friends would talk about but obviously everything is just kind of imagined and exaggerated in the show mm-hmm. so nothing's based off of any particular person but it's just is rooted in truth like mm-hmm. experiences no, that absolutely. the day-to-day person absolutely. would go through absolutely. so after i came up with the idea i pu- i created like the social media channels and by the beginning of 2015 verse simmons a and r like person reached out to me wow. and was like, we have a song called situationships. You, can you use it? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, duh, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was so excited. I was like, whoa, this song is perfect and it's dope. And it's verse Simmons. So that's kind of how we got of the song. Course. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See how God worked. Look at the Lord. That's God working. Yes. They hollered at you. Yes. Her Simmons established established artist had mainstream success. Four time Grammy nominated. Yeah. He's phenomenal. And I shout out to them and their whole team for giving us this awesome song. No, that's dope. Yeah. So, you know, we just came up yeah, we did all the social media handles and all that good stuff. And, you know, the show's about modern millennial dating like the twists and turns of millennial dating in new york it's a diverse show um because i feel like this topic relates to everyone and i wanted everyone to be represented because i feel like there we're not seeing representation um on tv so i was like this is about millennials and millennials are diverse Mm -hmm. so let's let's talk about it and let's display that so we had a casting call march 2015 or february around that time and we posted up the casting notice we had four thousand actors submit get out of here to the show and then you had a a callback based on the headshots you got and and based on headshots and resumes that came in Mm -hmm. so we saw about like Probably 400 people out of those 4,000. I was surprised because I was like, that's a lot of people. Where'd you have your uh, uh, callback at? We had our callbacks at Pace University. Okay. So my executive producer, Brandon Brathwaite, he was just finishing up his senior year at Pace. So he was like, we can get it. We can do it here. So I was like, okay. Okay, cool. cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So we saw so many actors. 
Um, I didn't personally know any of my actors when I casted them, but we sat down and we had a huge meeting and we were just putting out all the headshots and we were like comparing like who should be it. And then we had, we had one, we had two callbacks and then we had like a compatibility read with some of the characters. And it's so interesting because at first I wasn't even sure if I wanted to play a character. I was still super nervous. I But this is what you've been waiting for your whole exactly. life. Exactly. the moment. And I was like, you know what? If I don't pick myself, then who else going to pick me? Exactly. So I was like, let me pick. I'm, I'm going to play my character that I wrote. Um, you know I'm what's so funny about that, Sola? Yeah. I give advice to a lot of um, actors and actresses that will try to come up. Mm-hmm. And, they'll, you know, and they'll tell me, like, you know, the trials and tribulations of trying to get roles. I'm like, yo, write your own stuff. Create it. Create your own. Create it. Your own roles, but mm-hmm. good. Yeah, so I was like, you know what? I choose myself. I pick mm-hmm. me, and I'm going to do this role, and I'm going to put all of my energy into it. Because I was like, comparing just what I wanted to do with acting, with everything else that I've done, whether it was school or getting really awesome internships or working at these amazing jobs, it was like, what if I put that same amount of energy into what I said I always wanted to do as a child. What would happen? So basically, November 2014 is when I started that journey. The journey of the show. Mm-hmm. You know what's so funny? You said about, um, I was watching, I, I love the show, by the way. Thank you. Love the show. <laughs> so you guys had to read to see like if everyone was compatible. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that you said you didn't know anybody on. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't know anybody. Your fellow castmates. You didn't know any of them. Right. Usually, like, when you do a show, like, you usually cast friends or people that you've worked with. Mm-hmm. When I watch the show, like, the chemistry between the cast looks really... Yeah. looks very cohesive. Like, it looks like you guys are, like, three or four seasons in. Like, the chemistry looks really good on, on, on so screen. I'm so glad. So, like, how did you guys build that? Like, how did you guys get to the point like, where you guys could build that chemistry together? Sure. Um, I feel like just bringing in the cast together and just letting I treat everyone as if if we're a family and just really understanding like I want everyone to feel empowered to feel like their talent is being showcased and them to understand I'm not only doing this for myself but I'm doing this for all of us I want all of us to win and to grow and I feel like when that type of energy is on a set, it just helps build like that excitement and that rapport between the actors and it's reflected on screen. Good. I want to go back. Mm-hmm. 2014 is when you started the the journey mm-hmm. to creating situationships. And um, what inspired it? Was it mm-hmm. was it relationships like situations uh, in relationships that you personally had mm-hmm. or was it uh friends like mm-hmm. friends venting to you like stories from friends mm-hmm. and stuff like that like what like what really triggered like what was it that that made you say hey, i'm gonna sit down and write this right now like what was mm-hmm. that moment like what was that thing sure so it was a combination of both because even some of the storylines in season one had to do with like old past situationships of my past like i got broken up in a text message before and I was like, you know what? With Damien, right? That's, 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 that's. Um, no, it was with um, Jasmine's character. She got broken up by Taryn in a text message. Yeah. And was freaking out. Oh, gotcha. That happened to me. I was like, you know what? I'm going to write about it. 
Um, so that, and then... No, the, Damien was your boyfriend, I mean. Damien in the... Sh- or was Melody's boyfriend, yeah. And, and yours kind of... You thought it was he was your boyfriend as well, right? Oh, no? yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so that's what I'm talking about. Melody's boyfriend was Damien, mm-hmm. but he was cheating on her with, with Alyssa, the white, yeah, the white girl. which is the side chick. Yeah. Um, but she didn't think she was the side chick. She yeah. thought she was the main chick. Yeah. So... Um, uh, there was some funny things that happened between some of my friends up here and some of my friends in Georgia as well. Because mm-hmm. Georgia's wild. <laughs> Georgia be wild. You can say that again. Go Just just go watch <laughs> Atlanta. You'll see all the interesting things that be going on. But um, there was something that happened in New York. I just, like, a lot of my friends vent to me uh, about things. I vent to them about things. But one of my friends told me a hilarious story about, well, it wasn't hilarious at the time, but standing out of it, it's just a crazy story. So she was talking to an older guy mm-hmm. who she thought was like her significant other or that they were official. I was like, but did he say that? And she was like, he said he was open to it. And I was like, girl, that's two different things. Dude is a player. See how he uses words, D? I was like, it's two different He's a player, Silla. I'm open to it. I Right. I, I peeped. <laughs> He's a player. I peeped. But she was like, you a hater. And I was like, listen, I hope it goes well. I'm not hating. I'm just saying. So they date for a couple months. And then she hits me up and she was like, it's over. It, mm. It's done. I'm like, girl, what happened? What happened? And so she was like, she got on the train to go to his place mm-hmm. she didn't tell him she was on the way she forgot her glasses at his apartment mm. so she she's like i'm just gonna show up and i'm gonna get my glasses right because he should be home of course as she's getting on the train she's transferring she's transferring and she gets to his stop she gets off the stop apparently there's another girl who's going the same route Uh-oh. this is new york city they're both going the same way. They both get off at the same station. They're both walking the same way until old girl taps my friend on the shoulder. I was like, bitch, are you so-and-so? And she's like, um, excuse me? <laughs> and then the girl's like, oh, I know who you are. Oh, I, and I know who you're talking to. You've been talking to my boyfriend this whole time. And guess what? I'm about to, you about to get these hands. Was that the inspiration for episode it one? Was. Right? It was. So we definitely took a lot of liberties with that. They didn't that have cakes with them, though. They didn't no, have no, cakes. No, they had no cakes. <laughs> um, but the boyfriend comes out, and he shook, He sees the two of them, uh-huh. and the girlfriend's going off on him, like, I know you're not cheating on me with this girl. And they leave, and she doesn't get her glasses, and she's confused. And I was like, girl, I tried to tell you. I tried to tell you. So that was like a, a hilarious, like gotcha. a crazy moment. But there is also another one. Um, and all my friends, they obviously all know about the show. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, these are topics that should be talked about because these are experiences that a lot of people really relate to. Absolutely. So I just came up with certain archetypes for the characters and certain storylines. Um, and we took a lot of exaggerations and liberties just to create like an authentic universe. Gotcha. Um, but there was another story that kind of gave some inspiration. One of my really great girlfriends um, in Georgia, she told me, how 
I can't say this story on this line. Just don't say any names. <laughs> don't say no names. No, but you can say the story. You can say it. I mean, this ain't really a fa- I mean, it's not really. I mean, all the kids are in bed right now. Like, all the kids should be at school. I mean, like, so we're good. Well, she just found <laughs> out that the guy she was dating was on Craigslist, wildin', wildin' on Craigslist with pictures, looking for people hook up with wow looking for a tsg and i was like girl get out of here what are these <laughs> what are these like i mean how did she shorten things this dude was in in atlanta looking for transsexuals uh-huh. to connect with on craigslist and i was like what so he's out there like that out out there how does she find out how does she find out because somebody else within that friend's circle was like, check out your boy. Here's the Craigslist link. I was like, is this real life? You got to put that in the season two. So come on. No, 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 no. We got we to, gotta, you know, come up with original ideas. <laughs> um, oh, but yeah, man. some of these stories are like, I'm like, this is a show. Like, yeah. we're all in situationships mm-hmm. at the time. I'm not in a situationship now. Mm-hmm. But um I was like, this is a show. Like, Absolutely. this is relatable, and a lot of people relate to it. Even when it came to the casting process, we had, and I casted blind. That's another thing. Okay. I was like, all ethnicities, all races. And what I found, we had black people, white people, Asian people, Indian people. Like, every single person was like, that's me, or that's my best friend. This is so relatable. This is so fresh. I relate to this. So I feel like that was like a big insight that I saw that mm-hmm. ev- like this, this problem, this issue, mm-hmm. millennial dating issue relates to everyone. But let's, let's be honest, Scylla. Mm-hmm. But like when you first meet someone, right? Um, before, before you get to the point where you guys give it a title, mm-hmm. boyfriend, girlfriend, right? It's a situationship all the way up until that point. Because that's not, it's its exactly not your boyfriend. It's not your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. You guys might be dating. You guys might be sleeping together, but nothing's official. You might still maintain some of your old relationships. Some of it, like mm-hmm. you still, it's a situation. It's a so I think area. we're all, yeah, it's, it's, I think that's what a situation is. Yeah. It's, it's a gray area. Mm-hmm. That gray area. Like, what are we? I don't know. I'm confused. Yeah. But we're too afraid to talk about what it is because we don't want to get rejected. Yeah. So that's where I feel like a lot of people can live in. Even when I was at certain jobs, like some of my managers who are like 30s, 40s, they're like, uh, I had those. We just didn't call it that. Absolutely. So we found that even older generations were like. What did they call it back in the day? I don't know. Courting? I don't know. <laughs> you know what's so funny about that? Like if you listen to like a lot of old school music. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the old school R and B, a lot of old school soul music. Mm-hmm. That's all they spoke about was like having it. I got an old lady across the town. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I'm getting down. <laughs> I'm like yo, like, like I never Listen. knew. Somebody told me I never knew. Sending all my saving all saving all my love for you, Whitney Houston was talking about. She was talking about being in a relationship with a married dude. Bruh. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so. It's stuff that th- throughout time, like, I mean, 
you know, like everybody's dealt with it, but it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't called that, but yeah. Okay. But that's crazy. So that's kind of where, like, I was like, let me just pull from like some of my real experiences. Let yeah. me inject some of that in there, but also create these larger than life characters that are just comical. And yeah. what I also wanted to come from like a more upbeat and comedic, like dramedy angle, mm-hmm. because I'm like dating at least for some of us, it really isn't that serious. So I really just wanted it to be a lot more fun and mm-hmm. just like no, y'all really playing serious. Games. It was serious on that show. What? Like this? Like the, the dating? Mm-hmm. Like what's the um the what's her name? The short hair. Robin. Like, like Robin. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Robin. Like what was yes. the inspiration behind Robin's character? Because she. She, yes. she, Robin got issues. She got issues. <laughs> What's your problem with Robin? Because Robin, she, she, she thinks like a dude. Uh, is there something wrong with that? Maybe if she speaks like a dude, does that not speak like a dude? Like the like, issues that guys have. Like her whole, like her whole style. Like she's actually one of my favorite characters after Melody. Well, thank you. But like. <laughs> She had like the white dude strung out, and then she had just like all this stuff going on. But like her whole mentality was like, "Yo, she don't she don't got love for anybody. She just moves like a guy. You either gonna deal with it or not. Like this is." And she was upfront with guys, like, "Like this is what it is." But she was communicating. Yeah, she was very clear about her intentions. So you're either with it or you're not. Um, Robin is hilarious. I feel like she is like from just talking to friends she's the person that a lot of girls wish they could be so i feel like a lot of girls live through her but they're not they they don't really do it that yeah. for real yeah. but um i had so much fun writing her character because i was like i would never do any of this but this is fun to write yeah. um i feel like she's just out there living her life she doesn't care and what's wrong with a girl not caring like a guy might not care how much of a how much of uh how much did you pull from your real life for your character? Oh, for Melody, I feel like there are definitely a lot of differences between me and Melody, but um I tried to keep her as authentic as possible with how she relates to her friends. I feel like the friendship with her and Jasmine is could be very close to how I might yeah. treat my friends. I like, like Jasmine. Jasmine's dope. She's a great She friend. needs to give that guy a, a shot, too. Which guy? Adrian? Yeah, like the guy that's just totally in love with her, and ah, she keeps shooting him down. Wow. I mean, he's a little, he's, he's, he's a little, he's a little corny, but. <laughs> but I mean, you know, there's always that shot. person. He should give him a shot, there's though. There's always that person. He's like a good dude. He but how, like a good dude. how long can you be friend-zoned until you just want to move on? That's another question. He's in the big time friend zone with a capital yeah, F. Like she, he's capital F friend zone. She friend zoned him. But a yeah. lot of times, you know, she's getting out of like a really bad relationship, but may not want to go to that good guy. You know, mm-hmm. who knows? Sometimes girls are like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love all my girl characters. Alyssa was hilarious to write as well. Um, she's just wild. And I feel like a lot of girls either 
are that way mm-hmm. and will go off on their guys when they act crazy mm-hmm. or girls wish they could be like that. So I tried to keep a mix of like the types of girls in in the show. Mm-hmm. And then the guys, like you have the archetypes of the guy who's in the friend zone, the guy who's the player, the guy who's purposely. Damien's the player. Um, yes, Damien is the player for sure. Um, and there's always one. You always have that one. Um, then you have Taryn, who's the side guy. He purposely wants to be the guy on the side, so he doesn't have to commit. He's like, <laughs> I'm just here for the food. Like, but Taryn catches feelings, though. He does catch feelings. We explore a little bit of that in season feelings. two. Um, and then we have Adrian. He's a really good guy, and sometimes you shouldn't overlook that good guy, but he deserves love, too. And who's doing Adrian dirty? Like, Who does Adrian dirty? I feel like... I feel like there are both like two different sides to the Jasmine and Adrian thing. Like mm-hmm. if a girl tells you no, she's not interested, then you can't be mad at her if, you know, she doesn't want to be with you. But also maybe Jasmine's a little bit blinded by all the mess that she's had to deal with gotcha. Karen that she's not able to acknowledge like this good guy who really wants to support her. So that's kind of like two sides. Um, and then, of course, we have Jaden who comes out and he's supposed to be that good gentleman but he got some things the night is shining on and we find that out in the le- very last episode last episode that, that you didn't reveal you kind of like you left everybody yeah. in suspense mm-hmm. it was like well like what like what I mean, does what, she see like, like what on? is it you gotta watch season two so season two but mm-hmm. before we get into season two mm-hmm. and i just want to say that's a great way how you ended season one thank you cliffhanger dope um, and I think a lot of people were rooting for for Jaden too, for yes. for both of y'all. Like I think people were rooting for y'all for sure. After the uh, debacle with Damien, like I think mm-hmm. people were really rooting for you. I think they were. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was definitely rooting for you. So I can't wait to see what you uh, do in season two. It's gonna be lit. Um, let's talk about your production process because mm-hmm. because jumping into uh, writing and acting and producing and directing and creating your own show. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm sure like that was kind of like climbing Mount Everest almost like never, never producing your own or like never doing a a project of this magnitude. Like definitely like what was your process? Like um, Mm -hmm. you spoke about the casting Mm -hmm. a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, The script was written. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But like getting your budget, putting your Mm -hmm. crew together, uh, Mm -hmm. locations, like putting everything together. Like let's talk Mm -hmm. about that because you've never done that before. Sure. And that's Mm -hmm. not the easiest thing to do. Definitely not. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Absolutely not. So first season we shot it in 10 days. Wow. uh, In the summer of 2015. So the biggest thing was for me to build a very solid and strong crew who are all excited and passionate about the work. Um, because obviously it was very low budget. I didn't crowdfund. I paid for everything by myself because mm-hmm. I don't know why I was turned up like that. But I paid for it myself. Um, and a lot of people obviously did favors, you know, and it's just knowing how to work with people, um, knowing how to outreach to locations and request can you film this? Can we film this here for free mm-hmm. and see what they say? And we were blessed to have a lot of opportunities to either, you know, uh, film at friends' apartments, film at locations that were willing to let us shoot while they were closed or before they opened up for the evening. Um, just being getting down and dirty and 
not being afraid to jump in and have it turn out. The biggest thing was just having a really awesome set of people on set to support this. I was very, and I came from working on a real set. So I certainly utilized those experiences and filled out a very large crew of people to Mm -hmm. execute this. And I, I did my best to model it as if this was a real show. And once you put in that structure and show like this is a serious production and I'm not I'm not playing games with this, like I'm doing this with a purpose. And since the beginning of the show, I was like, this is going on TV. That's why I'm creating this. Um, I'm creating this for my acting career. I am creating this. So the show will go on TV. That was always my intent. And I feel like it's important to know your intentions when you start something or when you create a goal Mm -hmm. um, because that's what I've been working towards since the very beginning. Um, But it really was building a really strong crew and then lots of scheduling. um, And also there was so much between the difference between season one production and season two, which we'll get to eventually. Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing that I learned was slowly even from season one just accepting support and understanding that it's a team effort and if you are all willing to work together the results will be phenomenal um so that was a little bit about my process uh we distributed the first season on youtube uh i thought i was originally trying to get it out in 2015 okay um but we ended up waiting until valentine's day of 2016 because it mm-hmm. made sense situationships relationships valentine's day thought yeah. it would be perfect yeah. so um also understanding that marketing and advertising is extremely important when you're putting out a show absolutely so there's some there are movies that can come out now and if they don't have a good marketing and promotion strategy from their studios it doesn't do well and you need to understand that putting out a show on a web series that it it's a business and you need to understand how to promote and market it and understand that let's talk about that because i think you're absolutely right i think that's definitely a, a definitely a thing that you have to have for sure um to have a successful project yeah let's talk mm-hmm. about um blavity how yes. did the uh relationship with blavity happen mm-hmm. how did you get that connection with blavity sure so um outside of work i i was working in the advertising industry i worked at some major ad agencies in new york city so i definitely did my work in understanding how to build a brand, how to understand building a strong brand voice when it comes to what I'm marketing, promoting on social media and how to put that out and coming out with strategies. So um, the way that I met Blavity was he, uh, Jonathan, he came and gave a presentation at my job. And I just remember I was like that day, I was like, I'm going to pitch in my show today. That's that's what I'm going to do. I loved Blavity since the beginning, since they came out great blog, in great 2014. Blog. I yeah. was always following their work. So I was like, you know what? The big, Another big thing that I learned was following up is super important. Mm-hmm. And if you don't follow up, you're doing a disservice to yourself with whatever it is that you're trying to do. Okay. Um, because closed mouths don't, don't give get fed. Okay? So... I met him that day. I waited. There were a bunch of people crowding him and wanting to talk to him. I waited. I was like one of the last people to talk to him. And I had, I think in like 15, 30 seconds, 
I pitched my show and I was like, this is situationships. Here's why I think it should go on Blavity. Love your platform. Um, at that time, situationships was out for a year mm-hmm. and we had half a million views on our YouTube channel. Collectively. Collectively, okay. half a million views. Um, we were featured in like 50 different blogs. We had won like five different film festival. Um, we were in like five different film festivals and won some awards. And um, I also did a lot of workshops on leadership at the time. And I made a goal. This was last year. Yeah. This was last year. Mm -hmm. So between by this was, I started in January and by April 9th, I made a goal that my show situationships would be on like a bigger digital platform or like a streaming service or like a network by April 9th. I met Jonathan at Blavity in March, and by April 3rd, it was up on Blavity. So your words are very powerful, and that's what I mean when it comes to setting your intentions Mm -hmm. and knowing what it is that you want and being clear on that. Mm -hmm. I was so excited because I was like, I met my goal. I have four days left. Priscilla, you got the secret. You got it because you got the verse Simmons thing popping. That came to you. Blavity came to you. Now, let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Um... Did you did you practice your elevator pitch? Oh yes. By that time, like with having the show out for a year and like I was behind my own press. Gotcha. I was behind a lot of the everything that was going on. Because at the end of the day, if you're leading the charge, you have to be ready and willing to go the next to do the next things that not everybody's willing to do mm-hmm. in order for something to be successful. So um Absolutely. Like, what are you willing to give up in order to make way for what you really want? Mm -hmm. Sometimes that meant I'm working eight hours a day at work and then I'm working another six, seven hours when I get home and going to bed at two. And Mm -hmm. I'm I'm literally grinding and doing this because I believe in it and I believe in the talent and the people in the show. And I want all of us to be elevated. And that was my intention. So being willing to put in the work, because if you do it enough, it can happen. Um, yeah, I just... There's no there is no nine to five when you're a creative. Definitely not. It's a 24-7, 365. It's a lifestyle. Like, it, it is a lifestyle. And I think a lot of people, um, they don't understand that. Right. They don't, they're not ready for it. Like, I think a lot of people come into this business expecting... Absolutely ex- Expecting it to be one way. Mm-mm. And it's not. Right. You have to be willing to put in the work. Like, for example... Um, look at Kanye. Mm -hmm. Kanye was a producer. I spent, I spent a lot of time watching music documentaries right now based off my current work. What's your favorite? Um, my favorite artist? Favorite, uh, music documentary. Oh, um, anything dealing with Beyonce or Rihanna. I love those. (laughs) You think I'm playing, but I'm not. Um. So you loved B's HBO special then? Of course. Gotcha. Life is but a dream. All of all those specials. I follow them. I I love Rihanna. Um, But I've been watching a lot of music documentaries later and I've been watching a lot of documentaries on actors as well, like Mm -hmm. their process and how they made it. And a big thing that stood out. um, Look at Kanye. He was a producer. He was a producer. He, you know, he grinded out, went from Chicago, finally came to New York, was making awesome beats and stuff for these huge artists. And when he wanted to be a rapper, everyone laughed at him. Mm -hmm. Everyone laughed at him. And he 
pitched to like every major label. He was doing his own stuff. He got in that huge car accident where they had to seal his jaw shut. Wire it shut. He wanted to be a rapper so much that he made a song and rapped through the wires in his mouth. Through the wire. Hello? Exactly. And then he funded it. He funded the video and it was doing so well Mm -hmm. that the labels were like, we have to sign you because we know what's about to happen. So the biggest thing, you know, for creatives is understanding. It's about dedication. It's about consistency. It's about perfecting your craft. And it's not about those no's. It's about that one yes. And the reason why certain people are where they're at is because they just didn't give up no matter how long it takes so it's also about setting setting clear-cut goals for yourself exactly clear-cut goals and knowing what your intentions are Mm -hmm. in this business absolutely once you have goals and once you have your intentions in place Mm -hmm. then you could go grind then you could go go directly for it yeah and also another big thing especially for season two is just understanding that you can accept support from others that you don't have to just do everything by yourself and when you're able to empower others to live their dreams while also working with you for your dreams and we're all working together Mm -hmm. and dreams are coming true like Mm -hmm. there's so much power in numbers and actually working together and that's the biggest thing that a lot of people don't understand How, how has the uh feedback been for season one Oh, it's been great, Mm -hmm. Um, especially from season one. We did our thing. And then the next year we relaunched last year. We relaunched on Blavity. So it's like a whole new audience is getting Mm -hmm. exposed and having this experience when it came to situationships. It was an amazing partnership with Blavity. I still have a Mm -hmm. really great relationship with them. And I can't thank them enough because they're about supporting minorities and talents that aren't heard. So it was a perfect combination. Um, But it's been great. Like. I, because of Blavity, I got to teach at Brooklyn College to graduate students. And there was a producer there who who was like, I saw your show off Blavity and I told the professor to bring you here so that I could meet you. And just having these different experiences, being on different panels, just, and grinding it out and also working with other creatives who are all about it. I think it's great that, we're starting to build a community in New York. Um, but yeah, it's been awesome. Like the feedback has been great. And now, mm-hmm. now that, because last summer we started filming season two. Okay. So came up with the idea in 2014. We shot it in 2015. We distributed it in 2016. We relaunched it on Blavity in 2017. So it's been two years and it's time for some new a new season. Some new content. Some new content. Okay. So we filmed the second season last summer in 17 days. I can't wait to see season two. 17 days. The episodes are going to be longer. Um, there's so much character development. How many minutes? Um, I think you, you, you guys capped it by under 10, right? Yeah. The first season was like five to like 10, 12 minutes. Yeah. Um, but the second season is more like 22 minutes an episode. You're giving them a lot. 
That's a oh, lot. Yes. Um, and the cast has expanded. So it went from eight cast members to 13. Okay. We're building a universe and a big tangled web. I, I love season one. Season one is phenomenal and it is my baby. Season two, I made all the changes that I wanted to make to mm. make it as amazing and perfect as I possibly could okay. with like no money. Gotcha. But I had an extremely, extremely talented cast and crew. Mm -hmm. And when I watch it, I'm like, oh, my God. And I really want I really want to put it out like right now. And you shot season two entirely out of your pocket again, right? I sure did. I sure did. I'll clap it up for you. Um, and again, a lot of people just who believed in it, who just wanted to learn, who wanted to support um and I can't thank them enough for that yeah. um, because it's not easy. You're working long hours and, you know, I made sure everyone got fed. But ever, a lot of people are doing favors for me here and, and there. And, you know, it's phenomenal. But the thing is, the biggest thing with me is I will talk, but I'm also about that action. Okay. <laughs> so... The good thing about working on my set is that... That's that Queens coming out of you right there. <laughs> that's, that's that Queens. <laughs> and a little bit of Georgia. <laughs> um, when I say that my show is going to go on TV, um, I mean it. And I feel like your words are powerful mm -hmm. and you get what you say, whether it's good or bad. So, and just from season one, I was like, you know, we got this amount of views and then we took it down. We relaunched it on Blavity. Now season one is reaching like 7 million people on their platform. And the awareness that my actors are getting from that has been phenomenal. But season two. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about season two. Let's, let's. It's going to be great. I want to ask you one question about season one and then we could just jump right into season two sure what are some of the things that you improved on or some of the things that you um some of the new things that you did mm -hmm. and some of the things that you said you know what i'm not going to make that same mistake in season two like what are some of those things sure so and to me season one looked great especially for a show coming out in 2016 like the quality level was pretty top level in my opinion mm -hmm. but season two i was like this needs to look like a tv show this needs to look like it's already on tv um my talent was phenomenal in season one and they're phenomenal in season two and just the quality from the casting to the makeup to the sound to the cinematography i had really amazing cinematographers on set that really took the show to another level um i wanted to outdo my own self i compete with myself mm -hmm. and i'm like that's what that looked like and this is gonna look like this is already on tv and that um, should be the goal yeah. every time that should be the goal every time absolutely you know and Sometimes it's not like I think with the web series space, I think you have. Um, I think it's good that a lot of people pick up cameras and go. 
Absolutely. Right. It also depends on what you want from yeah. it as well. There's nothing wrong with just creating content because you want to tell a story. Yeah. Um, but it's also a different thing when you, your intention is to take it to TV. There aren't that many web series mm-hmm. that have gone from web series to TV. Mm-hmm. Now, the biggest thing that people need to understand is the story. Mm-hmm. Story first. And what's second? Story first and then everything else second. Because there are plenty of shows that didn't have the best quality, but the story is so good yeah. that that's worth going to TV. So if you have the best cameras and the best everything else, but the story isn't strong, mm-hmm. then that's where the problem lies. Yeah. But I'd say the biggest thing from like web series to TV, the story has to be strong first. Uh, otherwise, no one's going to be looking at it or it's not yeah. going to stand out from all the other yeah. things. That are what out about there. someone that may say, you know what? we have an amazing story mm-hmm. but um our cinematography is crap and when somebody presses play or our sound is crap and when somebody presses play they can't even sit through five minutes of it they're not even going to let the story develop it might be an awesome story mm-hmm. i think all of these shows um have awesome and authentic and original stories but i think what sets them apart is the execution Sure. Everybody execute uh, executes different, and I think the people who execute the best are the ones who kind of rise to the top, right? Sure. Um, and I think the um, but you might have a show that might be a total crap show, and and through um, through a huge following, it it becomes an yeah. anomaly, and then it sneaks its way through the door because it sure. was just you know. So you have that. So sometimes, um, of course, you want to have an awesome story, you want to have awesome composition, awesome cinematography, but then it's so competitive, right? Mm-hmm. so competitive and then everyone's trying to find their way but then we're in the era of like when people are picking up cameras and just going sure and so you have a lot of good stuff that'll that'll um go, not go by the wayside but go unseen but it's also not so necessarily but that's the thing it's not necessarily about numbers either yeah it's about the right person seeing your show like it's the about right the person, right person yeah. seeing it but also having the strong enough story for them to do it because they're there are some, there are only a handful, I feel like, five to ten, that have really gone from We're going to talk about your favorite shows, like some of the shows you like. Some of the shows it. you like might be the ones you're producing. Did I t- yeah, hey, y'all, did I tell you this? This woman right here, she's actually producing, like, five other shows. Like, she's like a a mini, um, mini Issa here. A mini Shonda. A mini Shonda Rhymes here, on the low. She doesn't just have situationships, but we'll get to that. Okay. Um, so <laughs> yeah. let's um, let's talk about uh, some of the other shows that you're a part of, some of the sure. other shows that you um, that you're show running for. Sure, let's talk um, about those or producing. So I um, I'm producing another show called Wingmen. Uh oh. Yes, with Car Logan. Oh, Logan. What up, Car? Uh, what up, Car? What up? What up? So uh, he is also on the writing team for Situationships, also yeah. Boothang. Um, he has his own show called Wingmen. Nice. Which is going to be dope. When is that dropping? It'll drop when 2018. It drops. Gotcha. You know what's so funny about uh, a situationship, Wingmen? Mm-hmm. I see the theme. I see what's going on. Do you? I see the, the, I see the parallels right there. Yeah. Because there are parallels. For sure. Yeah. And they're intentional. 
Gotcha. No, no. Um, That's brilliant. It's going to be dope. That's brilliant marketing. Absolutely. It's going to be dope. It's going to be dope. But Wingman is more of like the guy's perspective, a little bit more grungier, dirtier uh, than situationships. Mm -hmm. It's going to be amazing. And the quality and everything looks phenomenal in that show. We are wrapping production of that probably in the next few weeks. Um, But it's going to be like... 2018 it's gonna be lit uh also producing and acting on mistake series created by nicolette ellis okay and nicolette plays robin in situationships so that is more of like the family drama the mysterious family drama show that i'm supporting her with and we'll be filming the second season this year i'll check that out too it's really cool show yeah um so i'm doing that um also producing a show and acting in a show called 161 Feet Under. Uh-oh. And that is about the day-to-day experiences on the New York City subway. What? 161 Feet Underground. Gotcha. Now, let me ask you a question. Are we, are we going to see any um, characters being uh, crossed into some of these other shows? Um, wingmen for sure. Okay. Wingmen for sure. Um, now some of the other ones, maybe not so much cause they're in different worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think all the stories are really, really dope. I feel like my experience is shooting 161 feet under waking up at the crack of dawn and being on those subway trains at seven in the morning. Now that's a great story within itself. Listen, every single episode is about your inner monologue on the train and all the crazy people you run into. Yeah. And every single episode is different because you're in New York. And you're shooting in the subway, like real stuff. Like you guys aren't mm-hmm. green screening and you guys aren't <laughs> shooting at like Steiner Studios nope. at a subway subway station We set. are on the train. Nice. On the MTV. You guys are currently in production? We finished. We finished production. So look out for that in 2018 as well. Nice. Um, nice. So that's coming. Um... Also producing on another show by Taekwon uh, called Deliver Our Love. So another love love millennial, like a no. dating show, which I love. I love romantic comedies. Now, where do you, where, where do you find enough, enough time in the mm-hmm. day to, to, uh, to be Scylla? Mm-hmm. Right, just to be Scylla. Not, not, to be, not to be wearing your producer, actress, mm-hmm. writer, direct that. Just to be you. Mm-hmm. Um, then where do you find time to... <laughs> To produce and act and, and, and direct and write and mm-hmm. be part of the creative process of all these shows. Mm-hmm. I feel like you make time for whatever you want to make time for. Okay. So it's also a give and take. Like, again, what are you willing to give up to make way for what it is you truly want? Uh, that could be going to parties all the time or... Just or choosing when to stay home to rest. Um, But in my day to day work, I'm a project manager now in uh, the music industry. So I a lot I just project manage my own time Mm -hmm. outside of work and how much time I'm putting into each project, understanding what my schedule is and also making time for self-care and relaxing and having fun and going on vacation. So it's literally just being organized with your time and and balancing everything. Advice for a young woman 
coming fresh out of college wanting to jump into the game who who might see someone like you who might see you who might see Sean and say you know what I don't know where to start sure um and she might be living in Kentucky somewhere sure like give me some give me some uh uh, words of wisdom give me some advice that you would give a girl fresh out of college trying to get into the business absolutely my biggest thing is go for it do it whatever it is that you want to do start because if you don't start then it'll just be a dream write out exactly what it is that you want to do and then write down the things that you need to do in order to get there whether it's taking classes who you need to meet what kind of schools you need to study at what type of people you want to meet um, and reach out to them. The biggest thing is asking, making strong requests and not being afraid to try. Um, for me, I wasn't always I had to even I was even considering not even acting in my own show. Mm-hmm. But it was literally like, OK. In order for me to act and to do that, I have to act and commit to that process and to that journey so sometimes it's about getting out of your comfort zone and not being afraid of failure you know what i mean uh and just be okay with trying my biggest advice would be to start and don't let other people's considerations and fears stop you from what you want to do because at the end of the day considerations don't necessarily matter you can always find a way to make it work and to try yeah. so, yeah. and, and i'm gonna be honest with you it's it's really about sacrifice it's really about sacrifice and it's really about how much how much you really want it mm-hmm. and like nothing about getting into this business is safe there's nothing safe about it definitely not so you know so you have to um have thick skin and you have to mm-hmm. Like, again, set some goals, but you got to be ready to jump out the window and sacrifice. Exactly. And that's sacrificing time, Mm -hmm. sleep, Mm -hmm. um, making certain amounts of money. Sure. You got to sacrifice it because everything you're doing is setting you up for something bigger and better. Kind of like when we spoke about where you you began Mm -hmm. in Georgia, um, your Ricky Smiley days. Yeah. All of that stuff was setting you up for now. Sure. But, like, you weren't getting big bucks you weren't i'm sure you're working maybe 12 13 14 hour days right for sure for sure and like you at the uh at the bottom bottom of the totem pole grabbing sandwiches yeah but i don't but i think people uh people see people see the end result Mm -hmm. and people see and they don't see that hard work no listen look at beyonce beyonce has been working since she was six so if you've had 30 years of experience doing something then you should be where she's at right now so it's kind of like being dedicated and being consistent being an expert at your craft and not giving up yeah and knowing exactly what what you you want want out of this game right and knowing exactly what you want and and setting some goals right and i think you'll be fine and getting ready to work right i mean because you get a lot of doors shut in your face sure but then you gotta say okay let me try to go through this other door let me try to get into this window. Nobody looking. Let me try to get through exactly. this window right here. But you, it's about resiliency as well. It's absolutely resilience. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the women that inspire you in the business right now. Sure. Um, of course. Of course, Issa Rae inspires me. Ava mm-hmm. DuVernay. I also love Rihanna. I love Rihanna. Mm-hmm. Um, Oprah. Just all the black women 
in the film industry right now, mm-hmm. from actresses to directors, producers who are paving the way. Without these women, we, without an Issa, there wouldn't be any other black woman web series creator that's gotten a show on HBO. Yeah. So she's kind of like the poster child for, for, sure. for like having your your um. As far as when it comes to young black millennials, she's the poster child for having your show on that platform and kind of mm-hmm. showing us and showing people that, nah, you could do that. Like You can actually do it. But the thing about Issa, like, she's been grinding for like 10 years. years. Absolutely. So and she, understanding. It happen overnight. It does not happen overnight. And when it comes to real, like, production and development deals, that can take years. Absolutely. So did, these things yeah. don't just happen overnight. Yeah, because uh, before Insecure was called something else. Mm-hmm. Awkward Black Girl. No, I'm talking about when it came to HBO, it was, of course, you know, Awkward Black Girl. But then mm-hmm. when it came to HBO, it was another name. Oh, there was another name? And then they, and then they, uh, and it finally. Set with Insecure. Ended up with being Insecure. And I think it wasn't even at HBO first. Wasn't it on it ABC, was ABC first? She, she was working on a project with Shonda. Shonda, yeah. And I but think, it was something different. It was something like. LA guys suck or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that didn't happen. And then she kept going yeah, until she landed where she's at, which is awesome. Yeah. And I met her. I met her last summer. Mm-hmm. I was so nervous. I was super awkward. Why? Why are you nervous? Uh, hello. <laughs> and she walked in the room and I didn't say anything. I just kind of looked at her. And she was like, hi. And I was like, hi. I thought she would have been nervous meeting you. Because, uh, no. Because you're so awesome. <laughs> she don't know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was just like, hi. And then I just sat down and watched yeah. her interview. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Issa, Issa is definitely, definitely a big inspiration. And, and for me as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just just from knowing where she came from. Sure. Watching her show and, 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 and knowing that it's possible. Like, yo, you could do it. It's a lot of a lot of grounds, a lot of politics involved as well. For sure. Um, let's talk about some of the shows that you do like that you're not involved in. Okay, cool. What are some of the shows that you're watching right now? Let's talk about some of the web series that you are watching, some of the shows that you like. Yeah. Right now that is popping on the web. On the web or on TV or anywhere. We'll go web first. Give me give me give me four on the web and then we'll do four on TV. Got you. So I like this show. I forgot the name of it, but it's about guardian angels. Okay. Um, and Blavity posted it about it. It's really dope. It's about these guardian angels who go to therapy and they, they basically talk about like their traumatic experiences being someone's guardian angel. Mm -hmm. It's really good. And the episodes are only one to two, three minutes long. They're super short, but again, the story's awesome. Yeah. So I watched all of it like immediately. Um, so there's that. I watch Amanda Seals' web series, Get Your Life, which I think it's dope. Get Your Life is funny. Um, I think she's a hilarious comedian. Mm-hmm. I really, really like her. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my goodness. There was another really dope web series in L.A. Have you ever seen Unwritten Rules? I don't think so. You need to check that out. Wait, is it on YouTube? It's on YouTube. What's it about? Unwritten Rules. It's about a black girl mm-hmm. with natural hair mm-hmm. who um, the show starts off with her first day in her new job. And it's at a corporate it's in a corporate setting. Mm-hmm. So so think of Office, the show Ooh. Office. 
but with a young millennial black girl Mm -hmm. starting this new job and it goes through the whole hey can i touch your hair and hey this and that and it's a very very funny show um did you ever see the the movie pariah no but i've heard of it yeah um so one of the one of the actresses from Pariah plays the lead. Nice. The lead in Unwritten Rules, mm-hmm. and it's a uh, it's it's a comedy, and mm-hmm. it's about just this girl just navigating through corporate America. She has natural hair and nice. all the quirky, funny What's things. What's it called? That, I'm Unwritten watch it. Rules. I'm going to watch that. Yeah, Unwritten Rules. I'm is always pretty. trying to watch new yeah. web series, Unwritten Rules. Yeah. Um, I also watched the Facebook series. Um, Quinta B takes everything. Okay. It's hilarious. Okay. She's hilarious. And she just got on a show on the CW. Get CW. Out. Mm-hmm. So um, I really like that. And then okay. I also really enjoyed watching Brooklyn Blue, Blue Sky. Um, I thought it was shot very beautifully. Dope. Yeah. yeah. So those are my favorite or some of the ones that I've been watching lately uh, that I'm not a part of or involved in. Um TV shows, I'm obsessed with Atlanta. Obviously, I grew up in Georgia, worked in Atlanta. That show is hilarious. It is. I love that show. Well written. And um, he's the writer is obviously phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. That show's dope. Y'all need to be watching. I saw season one. I just Which haven't I was obsessed with. got into season two yet. See, I've watched season one like seven times. Did probably. you like the invisible car? Like it was hilarious <laughs> because even like the last time that I went to Georgia, because uh, I went to my homecoming last October yeah. and me and my, one of my really good friends, we were like riding in the car and from like the airport to like her place and we we're just driving. And she's like, did you just see that car driving backwards on the highway? And I was like, what and i was just like i feel like atlanta just perfectly encompasses like just the funny things that be going on Mm -hmm. georgia it's lit and i love the music i love the show put me on the show i like the episode Uh, (laughs) tell me what you think about this episode Uh the episode where they were in the club the club scene and and donald glover's trying to get his money from the promoter (gasps) and the promoter's like just fades into the then he goes uh, behind the spinning door (laughs) He escapes through that wall that, but then he keeps ducking them and he keeps giving them all his excuses to give him back his Bruh. money. Like that's some real, that's some real stuff right stuff. there. First of yeah. all, that episode is hilarious. And I think they have a wonderful sound design team Yeah, when they were in the club, like the music is loud and just like how the dialogue was just like perfect. I was like, yeah. I just love the show. Though. I love, um, I love Atlanta. Obviously I love insecure excited for that next season. Mm-hmm. I'm, deep into grownish right now i oh, love yeah. grownish it is hilarious and i haven't necessarily watched much of blackish okay but it's good um and i'm a big game of thrones fan i love game of thrones and i'll be sad when it's over this is last season right last season um mm-hmm. have you gotten into the shy i watched a couple of the first episodes of a couple of the first episodes of The Shy. What do you think? I thought it was well done. Um, I think Lena Waithe is dope. Um, I watched her on Aziz's show. And I also loved Hello Cupid. Masters which, of None. Masters of None. Mm-hmm. Um, Hello Cupid, of course. Black yeah, and Sexy. Black and like, Sexy TV, babe. You know? Uh, I think she's a phenomenal writer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I like the show. Um, 
but I'm a little more into Atlanta. Uh, you love Atlanta. You, you yeah, I am a Georgia girl. <laughs> Atlanta's dope. Um, but yeah, those are the shows that I'm that I'm watching. So let's talk about future projects. What do you yes. have going on now? Mm-hmm. We know you have uh, season one of Situationships. It's in the bag. Great feedback. Mm-hmm. People loved it. You were on mm-hmm. Blavity. Season two is in the can. It's ready. Mm-hmm. I see the promo stuff. I see the marketing. I see the social media push. Yeah. The buzz is phenomenal. Um, where are we going from here? Like, what's what's new? Like, mm-hmm. what do you have going on? Sure. So the first thing that's going to happen is season two is going to come out. That'll be the first thing. Okay. And then all the other shows that I'm producing, like the four or five other shows, they're all going to come out this year. So this year is going to be lit. Um, I have a darker show that I will do in another five years. Mm. It's going to be an anthology. More on that later. And I plan on filming a show in Georgia this fall. And it's going to be dope. And I want to get all of like my Georgia and Atlanta people involved in this project, which I'm super excited about. Okay. Um, but yeah, I want to film something in Georgia next. Okay. Scylla, all the shows that you're a part of, all the shows that you're uh, part of the creative process of, mm-hmm. um, that those network of people, are they the same network of people? And if they are, how, how did they come together? Mm-hmm. And, um, and what is it like working with that network? Because you're mm-hmm. part of like four or five shows. Sure. So are you switching, um, and I know when it comes to this business, it's about working with people you like and working pe- with people you have mm-hmm. rapport with. So let's talk about that network right there. Sure. Yes, I feel like, um, you know, some of the people I'm working with have been involved in situationships, whether they are actors or writers on the show. And it's been awesome to support them. They've supported me and my vision. So anytime that you know, my friends want support or help in knowing how to do it. I'm all for it because I just believe we all should be living out whatever it is that we desire. And if I can help you, Mm -hmm. I'm more than happy to do that, especially if it's got a dope idea tied to it. Um, But just understanding, like, when I work on other people's teams, I'm really there to support. Like, I have my own show, and I had that. And if I'm joining your team, then I'm there to support you and your vision. And usually when you come at it from that perspective, it it works really well. Cool. Good, good, good. Scylla, where can people find Miss Scylla if they're looking for you? Like, where can they find you? You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Scylla Sini, C-Y-L-L-A-S-E-N-I-I. And it's funny because my friend who does PR, uh, I was like, because all my handles used to be different. But she was like, Scylla, you should have been changed your handles. And I was like, really? I said, I don't want to do it. She's like, Scylla, why are you hiding? Like, everyone already knows, like, what you're up to. So she was like, you got a week to do it. And so then after a week, I changed it to my name. So now I'm official. <laughs> official. Yeah. Official, official, official. Well, there you have it, Scylla. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was dope. was dope. Like, really fun. Dope. Like, yeah. with a capital D, like, you know what capital I mean? Capital D. Capital D. Gotcha, gotcha. Scylla, <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for taking time out. For sure. Thank to you. To bless my platform. Thank you. And guys, there you have it intellectual property podcast remember envision it 
create it, share it. But most of all, make sure you're getting paid for it. Hallelujah. And we're out. <laughs> Peace. Bye.